Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Welcome, let's settle for the details. Finance Minister Ken Oferiata has justified the imposition of more taxes to raise revenue for government business. The latest is the 15% VAT on electricity consumption, which many Ghanaians have kicked against. But Finance Minister Ken Oferiata says Ghanaians will be fine. We will hear from the Finance Minister shortly. But first, let's listen to the Governor of the Bank of Ghana, Ernest Addison, explaining the taxes will not affect inflation. Taxes on inflation, and to say that that is not necessarily uh, the case, and that taxes and inflation, uh, if you look at it, uh, in a sense, it's a withdrawal of you know income that is going to uh, those that are paying the taxes. And to the extent that it helps in the fiscal consolidation process. It should not necessarily lead to an increase in inflation. In fact, the Bank of Ghana would continue to manage the inflation side of, of, of the macro. And if you look at where we are uh, with today's rate of inflation of 23%, we are probably even lower than the monetary policy consultation clause, the lower bound of that inflation and we tried to explain to you why that was the case we have seen the exchange rate uh, perform rather strongly than initially envisaged and we have also tried to explain that as partly due to the stronger reserve accumulation that we have seen because of the gold uh, for reserves program so the increases in taxes should not necessarily lead to higher inflation. In this instance, we expect it to help improve fiscal consolidation and, and therefore help us in bringing overall you know, macro pressures down. We can now hear from the Finance Minister, Ken Oferiata, who says Ghanaians will be fine with the taxes. Expenditure. Um, and then um, the central bank continues to build its reserves. I think we are going to be fine. It's going to be uh, flourishing and prosperous here. Thank you. Honorable Minister, the, the, the bit about the, the Thank taxes you. bit. Okay. Let's go. Well, the, the governor was clear to you that it's not going to be inflationary. And, but more important, I mean, um, we have all sorts of tax reliefs that you don't want to talk about. Um, and with regards to um, the taxes um, on electricity, uh, that was um, some time ago, and it doesn't affect... Um, you know, and sort of the lifeline um, tax uh, people. Uh, and so I think we should be all right. The emissions tax, as you know, is really 100 cities a year. That's what we are very about. 15% You want all of that analysis right now? I think we'll be okay. Yeah? Okay, okay, it's okay.
Financial experts have, however, described the NPP's government's imposition of more taxes, including 15% VAT on electricity consumption on the ordinary Ghanaian as a lazy approach to raising revenue. Listen to economist and professor of finance at the University of Ghana, Godfrey Bokvin. A country that has gone through a painful fiscal adjustment of higher taxes, expenditure rationalization, domestic debt exchange, only, the only viable way it could welcome its citizens into 2024 was to import VAT on electricity consumption. Mm. Okay? And it's also an election year. The, the, the TUC is kicking against that. I support them. In fact, I'll be glad to join them if they want to demonstrate against this. I support them. I think Ghana, we have allowed too many wrongs in this country. But, but Prof, the wrongs have happened and we need a solution. And part of the solution the is simply solution. to mobilize money. So if we can use uh, electricity to mobilize money, these are easy sources by which government can get money. It's a lazy approach. Government should work hard. Nobody is against raising more money. Look, what, who are we building this economy for? Are we not building it for Ghanaians? Are we not building it for Ghanaian private sector and businesses? What happens if by the time we achieve macroeconomic stability, half of Ghanaians have gone into poverty and have no way of reversing that? What economy is that? At the, at the center of it all is people, businesses. So we are looking at the optimal way of raising revenue without compromising the ability of households to also meet their needs mm. and private sector to also continue to remain competitive. Mm. These are the options that Ghana doesn't have an option. Okay. So nobody can tell us that the only way out is to impose more taxes and taxes as we have done. And something, let me tell you what is happening. Ghana has gotten to the zone of tax institution. So the more we impose taxes, the real effect in scaling up our tax revenue to GDP ratio is not seen. This is a small open economy. We have more than 27 different tax handles. Hmm. That is not the only thing. Something. If since 2020 and the taxes we have imposed, if you estimate the compliance cost to the taxpayer, it's huge. Configuring systems virtually every six months. There is no predictability. Look, the banking sector, they spend millions of dollars to configure their system to allow the charging of e-levy. Check the manufacturing sector. They pay so much and disruption to their production line mm. just to fix a tax stamp or something. Okay, virtually every six months, there's some level of disruption to planning, to production process. Okay. This, this, is, this, is, this is, look, let me tell you something. My, my considered view is that what Ghana is doing is not taxation. This is a state-sponsored robbery. This is robbery that, that leaves the citizens financially repressed. It should not be accepted. Professor Buckman, meanwhile, says the second tranche of the $600 million released by the IMF to Ghana will not have any positive impact on the ordinary Ghanaian. The price or the cost to ordinary Ghanaians, as you have mentioned, and in many cases, are poorly reflected in the IMF's own assessment of how their program is going. Because if you look at the targets, 
that the IMF is celebrating together with government, it really has no space for this person who is suffering. Typically has no space for the pensioner who picketed or whatever last year and all of that. But that is also consistent with the pathway to restoring macroeconomic stability. The understanding is that when you mess up your economy, as we did, and, and, and there's no dispute about that now, because the IMF report has also confirmed that Ghana's vulnerabilities pre-existed even before, in other words, before COVID. COVID only magnified it and demonstrated how weak, uh, in terms of economic resilience, we, 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 we were in the run-up to COVID and Russia, uh, Ukraine conflict and the rest of it. So that is largely consistent. So, But if you look at, we will say it's also positive news because the country had gotten to its wit's end. The only way out was to reach out to the IMF. So it will be quite disastrous for Ghana to say that or to receive the news that even under an IMF program, we are not doing well. That, that will just heighten the uncertainty. But to the extent that the delays in the approval of the first review, it should have been done latest by the 1st November 2023. Mm. And we, we had to wait all this while. And, and, and 32 million people people or so, all that we're doing was to wait for IMF board approval for $600 million. But of course, we also do know that with that board approval, it also unlocks other funding from the World Bank, I think about $550 million. Mm. $250 million of that will go to support the setting up of the Financial Stability Fund, and then the $330 million or so, $300 million or so, will go to budgetary support. So that is good news in terms of uh, an, an important um, breakthrough for us. But is that sufficient? Is that enough? And the answer, obviously, is no. Is, is this manifesting in improved standards of living for the ordinary Ghanaian? Again, the answer is no. Can the ordinary Ghanaian identify with the flamboyant statement of the IMF, the mission chief, about how well the program is doing, the answer is no. The reason is that we are not yet done in terms of the corrective painful adjustment that is earmarked for Ghana under the program in order to restore macroeconomic stability. Political risk analyst Dr. Thue Champong says it will be far-fetched to assume that the economy is recovering just on the basis that inflation has gone down. Dr. Champong believes the recent downward trend in inflation uh, in recent months does not depict a resilient economy, adding that the IMF fund will not automatically move Ghana out of its economic woes. We, we cannot assume that when you have some relative macroeconomic stability with inflation coming down relatively, your exchange rate being relatively stable, then that necessarily means that you are turning the corner or you even have a resilient economy because it is yet to translate into the micro level. And you look at the cost of doing business. Businesses are still borrowing now in excess of 30%. You still got the excess tax hikes that we've been talking about, some of which Prof mentions. Now we're talking 
uh, VAT on electricity, which again is not is not needed at this point, right? So you see that it's connect. So in one sense, we are celebrating some relative gains on the macroeconomic front, but it is not translating overnight into micro-level improvement in well-being and, and other sort of indicators. And that will take some time. And that is what leads me, and I've said this on other platforms earlier during this week, that it's going to take at least two to three years to really see this relative stability on the macro front translate into improving livelihoods. Now the Trades Union Congress, Africa Center for Energy Policy, and other civil society organizations are urging government to block revenue leakages in the power distribution sector if it wants to generate additional revenue through its new 15% VAT on electricity consumption for residential purposes. Other CSOs, including Imani Ghana, are also raising concerns about the constant imposition of taxes on Ghanaians by the current government. My colleague, Kenneth Jesse, has more in the following report. The finance minister, Kenneth Riata, in a letter directed the Electricity Company of Ghana and the Northern Electricity Distribution Company to apply the VAT to residential customers exceeding the maximum consumption level for lifeline units. The move has since been met with stiff opposition from CSOs, interest groups and the general public. Founder of Imani Africa, Franklin Kujo further suggested that the actual impact of the new VAT tariff on electricity would be a 21.9% increase rather than the advertised 15%. While the Secretary General of the Trades Union Congress, Dr. Yao Ba, said his outfit would resist the imposition of 15% VAT on electricity tariffs for residential consumers. The Executive Director of the Chamber of Petroleum Consumers, Dan Kanamwa, has also voiced his concern on the issue, stressing that the measure was avoidable if efforts were put in place to cut transmission losses and reduce revenue losses pertaining to the ECG. This measure, according to government, is part of its COVID-19 recovery program aiming to generate additional revenue. You're watching Join This Room with me, Emma Davis. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. you can give a loved one is good health. The Love FM Fitness Walk is the only platform which prevents this exclusive opportunity to walk with your friends, partner, granny, kids, abongo, empanel, obia, ukunu, stupid, etc. to stay healthy. Banks, insurance companies, construction companies, hospitals, schools, security services, various fitness groups. Come and let's sick of the stress. Start looking for your walking kids so and let's hit the streets of Kumasi to de-stress. Exercise and burn some calories. You can also send us a minute video. Shijama Kakra, Yedede Kakra, as cooperating institutions, groups, or individuals declaring your readiness to partake in the walk. Stay with love 99.5 FM and Isha 104.5 FM and get more details on the walk or call 0245 594 425 for inquiries. Remember, Fitness Walk is on Saturday, 3rd February 2024 at the Kumasi City Mall, 6 a.m. Shut 
Welcome. Thanks for staying. The Ghana Armed Forces has warned its soldiers in Boko will not hesitate to defend themselves if attacked by factions in the conflict there. In a statement, they noted engaging the military in direct armed confrontation would have fatal consequences. The warning follows accusations by MP for the area, Maham Ayerga, that our soldiers from 11 mechanized battalion deployed to maintain peace in the area had picked up three civilians and executed them without provocation. Eyewitnesses saw everything that happened. Mm. These boys were not exchanging fire with anybody. They were actually apprehended by the soldiers because they were treated. They were not one ran away, but the others were sitting there because if I'm doing nothing, I haven't committed an offense and I'm sitting at my base and you are coming, why should I run? But one of them ran. The three that thought that there was nothing wrong with waiting for soldiers to come to them, they got apprehended by the soldiers. Mm. They beat them up. The assemblyman came out and pleaded with the soldiers to, to, to release the boys. They refused. And then ultimately, they shot the boys. He gets some of the community. So, when soldiers do that, you expect them to not come and tell you and see that, oh, no, 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 we just beat them up. They annoyed us, and then we started to shoot them. Don't forget that these same soldiers, last year, they went and shot uh, 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 about seven young men. Yeah. When I took them on, they issued a statement saying that they neutralized those people. I took the matter to Shrine. Last month, Shrine wrote back to me saying that the soldiers denied killing anybody on that day at that community. So, clearly, they would deny, but take them to the community to find out exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah, but Shrine cannot stop. Shrine cannot stop at listening to the soldiers and say, since they've denied, that's the end of it. Because no, that, no, 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 that's it, it, it is investigating. Well, yeah. well, I'm just telling you the, the attitude. All right, all right. Give me the attitude that they will deny, even when they have committed the offense. Mm. Even in this instance where it's publicly admitted, they said they use for life. They use the word use for life. Mm. And you heard, you heard the MP also saying that they said, oh, they five young men who were engaged in the exchanges with them. There's no young man in Boku just pay soldiers and be engaged in gunfire exchanges with soldiers. No young man will do that. Because these are professionals. They know how to shoot better than you. So the boys don't engage the soldiers. They don't. It is a lie. But, but, but don't, you, don't you think that you may be assuming too much when you say no young man, you know, with such, you know, completeness, uh, particularly where we are told again about how even, is it a bomb or so was planted by ordinary people in the same area? So some young men may be capable of doing what you may not be able to imagine. Let me tell you something. If the young men engage the soldiers, I will know. And I'm telling you that they did not engage the soldiers. I will know. And I will not go public and attack the military when I know that the boys are wrong. Mm. I've not done that before. Okay. But when they are wrong, the soldiers are wrong, we need to face them and let them know that we are wrong. Right. We need them there. We have called for reinforcement. We've called for military to be brought there. And they have been brought there in response to our own plea. But then, you should not also become the problem. Mm. That is my concern. I'm not, I'm not against the soldiers. Right. But I also would not allow the soldiers to just assume that when they get frustrated, then they should uh, you know, unleash their mayhem 
on, on the young people. But in a statement, the Ghana Armed Forces denied killing civilians, but explains that it responded to an attack from armed, uh, from armed attack, which resulted in the death of three persons. And in the statement, you can see that the, armed, the Ghana Armed Forces has noticed with concerns by some individuals in Boko and the media that soldiers deployed on Operation Maidaburi to restore calm in the area have killed three innocent Kusasi youth at Sambongari, a suburb of Boko. It's also alleged that the assailants were initially held in custody by own troops and subsequently executed. It was further suggested that the Misika Assemblyman personally approached the Boko detachment at about 19.30 hours to negotiate the release of the diseased assailants. GAF wishes to categorically state that these allegations are false and unfounded. Reports from 11 mechanized battalions deployed in Boko indicated that factions in the conflict appear to have resumed escalation of violence with fatal consequences. Now joining me via phone is my colleague with the research desk, Kofi. Kofi, uh, let's start with the military's overview of the renewed violence in the area. Right, Emma, just like you said, this is a report from the 11 mechanized battalion deployed in uh, Boku to indicate that factions to the conflict actually appear to have resumed escalation of violence with fatal consequences. So we start uh, with uh, on the uh, 9th of February, you know, Friday, 12 January, and early hours of Saturday, uh, 13 January, 2024, there were some sporadic, you know, gunshots where were heard uh, at news stations, and, and then you have the the Daduri and then Mazima. On Wednesday, 17 January, 2024, at about, you know, 1.20 p.m., an unknown gunmen attacked uh, members of a public behind Boku Divisional Police Station, killing uh, two victims and injuring four others. And we also have that the deceased victims were uh, of the Mampusi and Moshi tribe, while the other victims uh, with various uh, degrees of injuries were of the Bisa and then the uh, Basunga and Kushi descent. On the same day at about, you know, uh, 8 p.m., an unknown assailant murdered one Azuma Al-Hassan, a 47-year-old Kusasi professor, uh, you know, professor hmm. at uh, Sukabisi, uh, Bogatanga. This, you know, spars sporadic gunshot at Boku later at that night. We also have, it further went ahead to say that, you know, on Thursday, 18 January 2024, at about 4.30 a.m., unknown gunmen hiding in the uh, valley fired at own troops here, they are referring to the Ghana Armed Forces troops, positioned as Avengo. In another development as well, Emma, about uh, 5.30 a.m., same day as the Ghana Police Patrol Team uh, spotted two locals attempting to light up a rocket-propelled um, grenade uh, bomb at a royal filling station in Boku. The suspects actually fled upon, uh, you know, sighting the patrol team, leaving behind the bomb. And Ghana Police, you know, the police service retrieved their unexploded ordinance uh, and handed it over to some 
to same for some sort of you know safety and they went ahead to say that it is worth mentioning that about 8 30 p.m uh, same day in my own troops here the ghana armed forces conducted a night you know foot patrol around uh Hassania school at sabonguri uh, were fired upon by four gunmen this is the latest that we are learning that the troops returned fire uh, spontaneously you know neutralizing three of the assailants and the fourth suspect managed to escape so the troops retrieved uh, one ak-47 rifle loaded with 16 rounds of 7.2 by 39 you know ml ammunition uh, ghana police service also team arrived at the location subsequently to convey uh, to convey the deceased assailant to the mob. And so they end by saying that, you know, uh, it is instructive to note that the directly engaging the military is a development that could result in fatal consequences as troops will not spare no opportunity to defend themselves as well as protect residents of Bokuema. Mm, Kofi, they also say the reserve space to respond to Mahamayaga's allegations that the three men were killed, uh, who were killed were civilians and rather they were armed men. So just like you read in your intro, the armed forces said they've, uh, they've, they've actually noticed some concerns, allegations by some individuals in Boku and then the media that soldiers deployed on Operation uh, made up buri to restore calm in the area have killed three innocent Kusasi youth as a suburb of Boku. They say that it is also alleged, they call it an allegation, that the assailants were initially held in custody by some troops and consequently executed. It is, uh, uh, they say it was further suggested that the Bisiga assemblymen, you know, personally approached the uh, Boku uh, detachment at about uh, some 7.30 p.m. to negotiate the release of the deceased assailant. So they call this uh, allegations and say they are not founded. Mm. Thank you very much, Kofi. Isaac Kofi J is with our research desk. Now let's take you live there for an update where Albert Sorry is our correspondent in the region. Albert, thank you for joining us. What's the latest in Boko this Sunday? So uh, things have been calm um, since the last 24 hours. Uh, from what we learned, the number of um, security personnel have increased over the last uh, two days or so uh, because of the recent happenings. And so uh, things have been calm. Today, uh, compared to yesterday, there are fewer people on the streets of Boko. Um, also, a lot of uh, shops are not open. Um, but that could also be because today is a Sunday. So these are the changes that we have seen. Earlier, we uh, got a report about um, uh, a somewhat shooting incident in which uh, a, a Bulgar-bound uh, vehicle was targeted. Um, but the information we have at the moment on that is the, the security uh, intervened, and fortunately, no one uh, was hurt. There was no injury or casualty whatsoever. Outside of that, everything else uh, has been calm. Mm, good to hear then. Thank you very much, Albert. Albert, sorry, is our regional correspondent there. Now, security experts with the Kofi Annan International Peacekeeping Training Center, Dr. Victor Doke, is meanwhile calling for a change in approach by the military in dealing with the Boko conflict. 
Now, the political will, somehow, is lacking. We need to ensure that there's a political will to invest the resources needed, involve the CSOs to come in. There are NGOs on the ground there. Most of the times, you don't even hear about these NGOs, except when there's a meeting, bilateral consultations that they are invited but when you go to the ground, you need these NGOs to also be part of you to ensure your engagement with the community is there. We don't have the sustained engagement going in. Every time we start a process, then we lay back, thinking that when we send the soldiers there to separate the two sides from clashing, then that is it. But you still hear sporadic shootings. That tells you that the guns are still in the system. You need a holistic approach to this. Minister for Local Government, Decentralization and Rural Development, Dan Kwekuboche, has urged beneficiary municipalities and districts of the Northern Region social cohesion projects to work assiduously to ensure the people benefit fully from the project. He says in times past, projects implemented by the government and development partners failed to reach the intended targets. Speaking to the Upper West Regional Development Forum, Dan Kwekubuchu said it was time to change the narrative, and that must begin with the implementation of the social cohesion. Government of Ghana contracted a loan facility of 150 million United States dollars to implement the Gulf of Guinea Northern Region Social Cohesion Soko project. It is aimed at contributing to the prevention of conflict spillover from Sahelian countries by improving the social and economic resilience of the targeted northern regions in the Gulf of Guinea countries comprising of Ghana, Benin, Cote d'Ivoire, and Togo. Under the project, 48 municipal and districts in the northern Gulf of the country are benefiting from the credit facility. All 11 municipal and districts in the Upper West region are benefiting from the project. Speaking at the Upper West Regional Development Forum, on the SOCO project, Minister for Local Government, Decentralization and Rural Development, Dan Kwekubuchui, disclosed that the Upper West Region benefited from 127 sub-projects in the first phase of the project amounting to 48 million Ghana cities. It is believed that the people living in the beneficial districts will have a feel of the project and embrace it. People will see, they will hear, they will observe, you don't have to tell them it has been. So if our programs and the projects we are implementing benefit the people, the people know, they will feel it. They don't have to go and read uh, Ghana Navy Standard Survey or Ghana Saskia Sex to determine whether their lives have been improved or not. They will know. They will know. And now, Dan Kwekubotu, however, expressed worry over the litany of projects that were implemented in the northern Gulf of the country in the past who failed to yield the desired results. He urged authorities at the beneficial municipal and districts to be transparent and work to ensure that the project achieve its intended target. One major thing 
that's why this money was due. Was that the fear of spillover, spillover of the conflict, the violence, the extremism, and people become very susceptible when their living conditions are not improved. Hence, this resource started being made available. And so we are programs targeted at the youth. When the youth will meet and discuss things, they will create the avenue and the forum for them to do that. I have observed, and I'm very satisfied with that, that through some of these implementation are sorts of community games and programs, football and other games being organized of support. So apart from fiscal development, all other projects and other strategies are being made to make sure that the social commission so that it will be difficult for people to infiltrate and ask to spread some of these extremist ideas to us. Our powerful minister, Dr. Aviz Bin Sali, opined that the Soko project is a game changer. One municipal and district assemblies who fail to live up to expectation will be held responsible. Despite the advanced interventions, there are still challenges that affect performance at the district assembly level, which has to do with the portal timelines, data gathering, storage and retrieval. And that is why it is imperative to accept and operationalize the digital management platform. The regular coordinating council will continue to monitor district assemblies in the implementation of programs and projects and shall hold any assembly that fails to live up to expectation, expectation response. Vice Chairman of the National Development Planning Commission, NDPC, David Kui Annan, chaired the function. Successive interventions have not improved access to livelihood opportunities, therefore, extensive migration from them by the youth towards the south in search of greener pastures. These notwithstanding have made in the past made in the past by government, development partners and non-governmental organizations. However, the impact of these interventions have been hindered by the lack of coordination and fragmented approach towards implementation of the programs. Reporting for J News, Rafiq Salaam. Wow. Now let's stay a little longer in WA as work on the construction of an ultra-modern office complex for the municipality's health insurance scheme is moving steadily following its commencement a few weeks ago. The office complex construction was started following a request by the WA overlord, Naf Hussein Isaidu Pelpio IV, to the CEO of the National Health Insurance Authority. It is aimed at reducing congestion at the WA Municipal Health Insurance Scheme. Joy News' Upper West Regional Correspondent Rafiq Salam reports again. Since the introduction of the National Health Insurance Scheme, one major issue with the managers of the scheme in the WA Municipality has been challenged with is the issue of appropriate and required structure to take care of the sea of clients that comes in for their service. Officials of the scheme and the clients compete for a little space in this old, jaded and dilapidated structure. 
it was even worse during rainy days as the clients sometimes bear the brunt of the rain standing outside. While Central Member of Parliament, Dr. Rosita Sempilipu, in an attempt to address the overcrowding, constructed this makeshift shade where the clients can sit to wait for their turn. Not satisfied with the state of the office, the overlord of the Wala State, now for senior city people, during a recent visit to his palace by the chief executive officer of the National Health Insurance Authority, Dr. Bernard Okoboy, expressed worry about the state of the office and appealed to the latter to get them a befitting office for the scheme in the municipality. Dr. Okoboy yielded to his request and prayed to put up an automodern office for them. Work for the construction of the office complex was awarded to an Accra-based construction firm, Mosi Ghana Limited, and has since started work. The World Overlord, now for City City Pinnipole IV, made a surprise visit to the site to see the extent of work done so far. It was conducted around the site by the project manager of Mosi Ghana Limited, Suleiman Salifu. In fact, since the work started, I spent about almost, uh, let's say, this month, third week, in terms of effective works. Though we're having challenge with the lands and other things around, but all the same, we're able to catch up with the time. So I think it's a very great honor to be here with you today, this evening. And uh, I wish that I could have explained the whole lot around, but Fortunately, we are doing the feeling now, feeling now, but now you cannot see the rooms that we have to put on. There's a whole lot of facilities. It's, a, it's about 15 complex rooms. Yeah, about 15 rooms with a conference hall where we attend to the customers and then a, a, what do you call it? Other washrooms, as a general, other things we do. Yeah. Vice President of the Wallace State and Paramount Chief of the Boha traditional area, now Ali said Yolamana speaks for the water overlord. The contractor we are patting table on the back, on the shoulder, he's doing a great job because um, it's been just a couple of weeks and what has been done here is fantastic. Uh, we want to take this opportunity to thank the chief executive of National Health Insurance for the project because he paid the overlord a visit and the overlord requested for the uh, accommodation for the national health insurance for the uh, municipality. He promised that he would uh, try to get us one and shortly after he returned to Accra, lo and behold, we saw a contractor and a consultant come in to request for the piece of land to start the project. So we are very grateful to him. We thank him very much and we hope that and uh, of course, we also uh, requested, the overlord also requested for computers. Those took the lead and came. We are happy for all of them and we thank the chief executive very much for this uh, the provision of the tool. The Mosigana Limited project manager was excited about the surprise visit of the Wall Overlord and prepared to finish the project by the ninth month of the year. You have taken it upon all your, on your you to come and visit us. Even all the time the workers come here, people come from the chief palace to see what we are doing. And yourself have come to see us. In fact, it's a very great honor. We know you have the, the town as such, even the country in general. 
So this is really a surprise visit. In fact, you are sure that people of Upper Inshallah. Inshallah, how about that? Quality work. Quality work. You can see it yourself. <laughs> yes, I can move here with my chest up in terms of quality. Yeah. So, I think for now, that's what I have to say. Though the visit just came as imports and. Reporting for J News, Rafik Salam. Wah! Now hundreds of residents in Phil in the Bongo district of the Upper East region have received free medical screening and treatment for various ailments from the, from the BLC Goritawa Social Club, a group of professionals doing charity work to help society. Together with MP for Bongo, Edward Barr, the club earmarked or embarked on a medical outreach and donated some medical supplies to help those who could not afford the cost of medical bills. Correspondent Albert Sorry has more. The BLC's Guritaba Social Club is a group of professionals in various fields who have come together to provide developmental interventions for communities. It started as a group of schoolmates who regularly came together for socialization purposes. But 20 years on, and now with 51 members working in various fields within and outside the country, the vision of the club has broadened. The members, including the MP for Bongo, Edward Bauer, are now committed to harnessing their various professions to help communities, especially the less privileged. Um, the cardinal, you know, the reason why the group was formed was also to give back to society. And in giving back to society, uh, the aim is to look at deprived communities and to provide some kind of support in terms of development in the area of education, development in the area of health. This is a group of individuals or professionals who share a common identity. We grew up together in these communities and we decided that it was good to form a club where we can share our expertise with the community, share our ideals with the community, so that young ones who are growing up can emulate what some of us went through and became who we are today. Today we are here on a medical outreach, which is organized by a group of the medical doctors and other staff who are within the group. This medical outreach was organized at few in the Bongo district to provide medical care for the people, especially those who were unable to afford medical bills. Five doctors who are members of the Bialsis Gurutaba Social Club attended to patients with various medical conditions. The medical director of the Upper West Regional Hospital, Dr. Robert Amicia, who is also a member of the club, was part of the medical team for the outreach. People are very enthusiastic. Uh, some people had chronic illnesses that they had kept for a long time. Some actually were willing to go elsewhere for care, but they made quite a number of attempts and didn't succeed. Um, we saw a number of cases. Some were orthopedic complications, some pediatric congenital complications. And the team had a pediatric surgeon, had a pediatrician and orthopedic surgeon. So those who were even willing to go elsewhere and didn't know who to contact, now they have an easy way 
to go to higher levels like the regional hospital in Bolga. Uh, those that we could manage, we have managed them. The chief and people of Phil said the medical outreach was a great intervention for their community. They have come, they have assisted my community. I myself, I did not even know that my BP was high. So I have to lie down for a while, they give me medicine, and now it has come down a lot. So I'm very grateful. They have been so helpful to me and my community. Most of the people who cannot afford uh, health due to uh, poverty uh, had it today, uh, not even attending to, but they were given some drugs which they were satisfied. In fact, um, the, the whole of the community are very, very happy for this wonderful work done. Uh, luckily enough, I'm also a member of the DLC Social Club, one of our very strong members and the first secretary, as it were, of the group was the late Stephen Asure, and last year he passed away. And so as part of the decisions to select a community, we felt that we should have it in fear where he comes from. We want to honor him, my appreciation towards him. Even though I'm a member of the group, because sometimes people are living with some conditions that they are not aware of. It is activities like this that expose or maybe give the hint that they need to be treated. The BLC's Guritaba Social Club also donated medical consumables valued at nearly 30,000 Ghana cities to the Bongo District Directorate of the Ghana Health Services to be distributed to healthcare facilities in the area. For Joy News, Albert Sorry, Phil, Bongo District. In Accra, I am Emma Davis. Now, retired Commissioner of Police George Alex Mensah has ridiculed the former President John Mahama for saying that he is going to request for honeymoon period when the December election general uh, elections is over. I beg your pardon. During the NDC's Building Ghana tour, the former president requested a honeymoon period for the next NDC government to fix the broken economy. But the retired COP, who is contesting the Bakwai parliamentary primary of the MPP, says a honeymoon period is not showing commitments by the NDC, and Ghana's developments may be going through a hurdle if NDC comes into power. There's more in this report. To me, I think we need to give us the option, the opportunity to continue developing this country. If we make a mistake and we go back, we shall fall into a deep People are still comparing your party's performance to that of former President John Dramani Mahama. You still believe that John Mahama's track record and the track record of your current flag bearer, Dr. Mahmoud Bahamia, cannot be compared. <laughs> you see why I'm laughing? Because uh, the former president recently said that if he is voted to power, we should give him some uh, honeymoon. Some honeymoon. For how many years? Two years? If you give him two years honeymoon, then we'll have only two years. Then just one year, because the following year will be election year. So what honeymoon? We are not ready for a honeymoon. We are not ready. The country is not ready for a honeymoon. We are moving on. We are moving on. The honeymoon, he says, is to prepare his party to also meet the needs of Ghanaians. Honeymoon means he's not ready. He doesn't have any policy. 
He doesn't have any policy. <laughs> Hannibal, can we give you honeymoon when we see people are suffering? People are suffering and want to get a honeymoon. He doesn't have anything good for this country. No, we are not ready. We shall break the age. Take a quick break, we'll come back with some business news. Please stay. Welcome. Let's do some business news. A senior finance lecturer at the University of Ghana Business School, Dr. Benjamin Amwa, says he expects the Monetary Policy Committee of the Bank of Ghana to reduce the policy rate as it heads into its first meeting for the year next week. The business community has called for a reduction in the policy rate, citing inflation decline, but some analysts have cautioned against any knee-jerk reaction. However, Dr. Amwa says the decline in inflation should send a positive signal for the policy rate to be eased. He spoke to my colleague, Jesse Agbako, who also asked him about Fitch Solutions' projection of the policy rate reaching 22% by the end of the year. It is very possible that the policy rate reduction of 800 basis points will happen by the end of the year. This is simply because inflation rates for the past three months or four months have been declining. And if you look at the factors that influences their policy rate, inflation is a major factor. So with the economy turning around and inflation rate declining, it will go a long way to reduce the MPC rate. We should not also forget that once the MPC rate reduces, the Ghana reference rate will also see some reductions because the MPC rate is about 40% in the weightings that goes into the Ghana reference rate. When that happens, low rates or being equal will also decline accordingly going forward. So we should be expecting that as inflation keeps on declining, the monetary policy rate will also decline. Hence, Ghana reference rate will decline and then cost of borrowing will also decline. Generally, what would that mean for the economy, talking about the real sector? Okay, so for the economy, once you have MPC rate declining, Ghana reference rate will decline. Banks will have to readjust their rate on loans downwards, and the cost of funds will be cheaper going forward than it is currently. What it means is that businessmen and women 
who source for banks, who source for loans from banks, can fall on the banks to request for loan facilities, and they can expand and do more good business. Once they are doing more good business, they are likely to employ more hands. More hands will be employed, and individuals will have funds or salaries to take care of their families. So if the trend should go on the way we are seeing it, then it will be good for the economy. The MPC meeting by the Central Bank will take place next week. And with inflation coming down in December, what are your projections? Okay, with the rates and how the inflation rate... For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I've been declining. It is very possible that the Monetary Policy Committee will reduce the MPC rate. We have gone through three successive declines in inflation, and that should inform the Monetary Policy Committee to be sure and be confident that rates within the economy or price levels are declining. Before we go, a sports story as Ghana will play Mozambique tomorrow in a make-or-break encounter in their last group game at the ongoing Africa Cup of Nations. Defeat to Black Stars could end their campaign in Ivory Coast. Ahead of the game, football fans have been speaking to my colleague, Kenneth Jesse, about the expectation of the senior national team. Defeat to Mozambique tomorrow means the Black Stars will definitely be out of the Africa Cup of Nations in Ivory Coast, unless results from the other teams in the group go our way. We're in Nima, the birthplace of the poster boy of Black Stars, Mohamed Kudus, to ask football fans what do you think the chances of Black Stars are ahead of the game against Mozambique? You'll have enjoy news. Do you think the Black Stars can beat Mozambique tomorrow and qualify? Uh, inshallah, for sure. If the coach did the right thing by putting in the right players at the right positions. Because uh, Nike Williams used to... We used to watch him at Atletico Bilbao. He used to strike from the wings. But now we are seeing a different things altogether. And you see, this player, Richard Lamte, even though he's a local player, I think is better, far better, 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 I mean better, than some of the so-called professional players. You should give him a chance. He can give us results. Doing the right thing, we are going to beat Mozambique, inshallah, tomorrow. Right. Uh, let me ask you, what did you think of uh, the, the, the last match that we played? How, how did you think of our performance against Egypt? Uh, it, was a, it was a much improved game. For me, they did sold very well. In fact, the whole team came to the party. Right. Every single player came to the party. They were all good. I think they are just that there was there were no chances that were created like he mentioned about inaki williams inaki williams is a very good player who needs the services of a very good ball passer the likes of acn wakasu and it appears we don't have that those type of players in our midfield so you find out that inaki williams will do all the runs and comes back nobody fits him with the passes even asamojan would have suffered with such a team 
So, so, so what, what do you think we should do against Mozambique so that we can beat them? So we, we need a supplier, somebody who can feed the strikers. You understand? Create the chances. Our last game against Egypt, the chances didn't come. It was just some, some small opportunities Montari made very good use of. But we needed to create at least four or five chances and get two inside. And I'm very hopeful that um, the next game we will win, no matter what Ghana is qualifying by the grace of God. Oh, we wish the Black Stars luck tomorrow. And that'll be all for Joy News Room with me, Emma Davis. For more news, do log on to myjoyonline.com. But up next is the law, and you'd like to tune in because the topic being discussed is why side chicks lose in court. Please stay. <laughs> 